we really do rise well together. And the sooner we can get over the myth that expressing vulnerability around not having everything we need, not only is that not a weakness, but it's the strength that allows us to get the support we actually need to follow through on our dreams and goals, the better. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Fain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Why, hello there. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent. It is your gal, Carly, over here. Well, this is the last thing that I'm getting to do before I go on a professional residency. So next week, I'm dimming my office lights to enter some personal and professional residency time. I'm inspired by the way that artists and writers and creators of all sorts, including my good friend, Susie Banks-Baum, who's been a guest here on the show, they take these professional residencies for themselves. They lean back from their day-to-day life in order to go deeper into what it is they're passionate about. And so I have dedicated a full week to doing the unusual. (laughs) Tell me if this is unusual for you too. I am not going to be as intent on being productive, which as a recovering perfectionist, you know, is a really big deal. Instead, I'm taking a few days to be playful and present and curious and creative and meandering, just walking around and noticing things because all of this really resets my professional game. It gives me fresh perspective. It gives me renewed energy and focus and gumption. And it's not easy to do, right? (laughs) There are so many things I was tempted to schedule in this week off. There were so many reasons I told myself it would be okay to just fit in one meeting or maybe just make it a little bit shorter. But I've done my level best to show up for this time because I know, A, it's a privilege that my work equals a growing practice. Lots of people work hard and don't get to go take a residency, especially women. So I will not be squandering this. I am taking this opportunity with gratitude so that I can continue doing my best work as a coach, as a business owner, as a friend, as a sister, as a volunteer, as an auntie. Because really, honestly, I know I said the goal is to not be too productive, but pause is productive. It's in the spaces between doing that we see the bigger picture with a lot more clarity. And it's been a while since I've had a full week outside of my office. And I wanted to fit in so many things into this time. I wanted to rearrange my office. I want to organize my closets. I want to go hiking. I want to catch up with some friends on phone or Zoom. I want to cook more food. I want to clean. There's a couple items I need to get. I want to read. I want to sleep. And you can see how all these pleasurable things or projects or tasks I've been looking forward to in and of themselves can become overwhelming. There's just so much for us to do as high achievers, right? And just because our calendar says that we get a moment to breathe doesn't mean our brain has gotten the memo because we're used to doing a lot. And it's really not that unusual for high achievers to find themselves in a moment of opportunity quick to try to fill it with as many things as possible. That sense 
that we have to do it all. It can feel like we're hitting a cultural or professional ceiling, or in many instances, just our own internal walls. But thankfully, I know this much. I know that the antidote to overwhelm is focus. What, if I focused on it, would make the most significant improvement or make the most sense right now? So in my residency, for example, the answer to that question is helping me pick one main focal point for the intention behind this residency, which for me right now, it's going to be rest. (laughs) It's got to be rest, extra sleep, anything else that refuels my body. I'm par for the course with that. And then the rest, well, the rest of all the things I'd love to get to, I'm going to have to be okay with some of those things just being okay. Because let's say we take this concept to our careers, this idea that the antidote to overwhelm is focus. Last month on Messy and Magnificent, we focused on beginnings, whether that was you beginning a new project, a new task, a new relationship, maybe you're beginning a new focus on your health or a move or a new career adjustment. And I'll put links to those episodes in the show notes as we broke down how women begin things, how we know when it's time to begin how we have the time to actually begin once we know what we're working on, and then what helps us follow through on our new ideas or our new goals. Well, this month, we're taking it to the next level. We're going to be focusing on sustaining. Because beginning is only part of the equation, right? Once we've begun something, especially if it's working out or we know it's a good thing to focus on, then we've got to shift gears and to making sure that we're able to follow through or stick with this thing in a way that gives us life and gives the project or the task or the situation at hand a good chance of doing well. Meaning, how do we continue to live into a goal, a dream, job, an assignment, a relationship before us, allowing both it and us to thrive in the process? So today, we're going to cover two main points of sustainability when it comes to doing well in our careers. Number one, we're going to start with the foundational place for sustaining growth. This is what Susan Colantuno calls the missing 33%. These are the three areas of our careers or businesses that allow us to rise as leaders that women, while entirely capable of, don't often get advice in. And once you know what these three areas are that make up this missing 33%, It makes a world of difference in knowing where to focus our attention so that we can continue to do well in our careers and beyond. And then secondly, we're going to go over one vital factor that makes sure that once you know what the missing 33% is, you have the support to get the knowledge and access to the resources you need to do well. If you ever find yourself in the position of having a lot on your plate and wondering how you're going to sustain the things you've started or the things that are doing well, this is the episode for you. So before we cover these two things, I just want to stop and give a quick shout out. You know I love doing this part. And today's shout out is directly to you. I want to include your thoughts in an upcoming episode. So head on over to iTunes, leave a review that helps the show do well in the algorithm, which helps more women be part of this conversation. But when you write down what's landing for you in an episode or a question you have, then I'll get to give you a shout out on an upcoming recording or do one better and leave a voice memo if that's faster for you with Anitza over at 
anitza at everybodythrive.com. That's her email address. And we can splice your actual voice, thought, or question into an upcoming episode. And I can speak right with you. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy. 15 years of coaching thousands of women has taught me that it doesn't matter how good our plans, our intentions are, our network, or even our access to external resources. If we don't have the boundaries we need to honor what we care about, we will always struggle with a lack of time or energy or money or downright satisfaction. You see, women who have thriving, healthy careers and relationships know that boundaries aren't just something nice you get to later. There's something you practice gently now so that you have the later that you want. So you can get free access to the recording of the Boundaries Brunch we did right before the Boundary Academy opened. There's a link to it in the show notes wherever you're listening or head on over to carlyfane.com. And in this 45-minute class, you're going to learn the three mindsets that women with healthy boundaries already know and live into. Plus, lots of rich, candid conversation with thought leaders in the field of boundaries and women who are just getting started. There's nothing for sale in there. Just rich content you're not going to get anywhere else. Because that hunch you're meant to be doing something meaningful and enjoyable with your life and career, it's right. I hope you'll join me and women from around the world that are making having boundaries oh so doable. You know, I often ask myself the following question, and this is not my original thought. This comes to me from Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, who wrote the book, The One Thing, a few years ago. They talked about knowing what is the one thing that if I focus on it in this situation, plugging in whatever the situation before you is, would make everything else either easier or unnecessary all together. I love this question because it hones our focus back on to what we value. It takes us out of that state of overwhelm that we were talking about earlier and back into a place of focus, right? So the short answer to that question, when it comes to women doing well professionally, what is the one thing that if we focused on it would make everything else either easier or unnecessary altogether? Well, the answer there is giving women the resources they need in order to rise professionally. Because otherwise, what happens is if we're not included in important conversations that educate us or give us information or access to the resources that we need, then we're stuck constantly working harder than we need to. We exhaust ourselves trying to guess, trying to cross our fingers and hope for the best or figure everything out on our own. This is where Susan Colana Tuono, she's the author of No Ceiling, No Walls, What Women Haven't Been Told About Leadership from Career Start to the Corporate Boardroom, brings forward a really interesting point around. She says, and I quote, when organizations direct women towards resources that focus on the conventional advice we've been hearing for over 40 years, there's a notable absence of advice that relates to business, strategic, and financial acumen. Much of the advice is emphasizing personal actions that we need to take, like becoming more assertive or becoming more confident or developing your personal brand, end quote. But what Susan goes on to mention here is that virtually nothing is said about the importance of business, strategic, and financial acumen. 
So what Susan is saying here is all of the traditional advice that most of us have heard, things like you've got to learn how to be more confident, you've got to learn how to be more assertive, you've got to learn how to you know, develop your personal brand or dress for the job you want, all of that. It's got its place. It does serve something, but it doesn't take us from the middle <laughs> to the top, meaning that we actually need to have a lot more focus on our career our strategy and our financial acumen if we want to get from the middle to the next place or if we want to be able to sustain the things that we've already begun or that are doing well. She goes on to say that this is why conventional advice for women in 40 years has not closed the gender gap at the top and it's not going to be what closes it. So in other words, in terms of growth, What Susan Colantuono is highlighting here is that there are a shared set of characteristics that the women who do well know. They know what the focus of their career or business is. They know where either you or your organization wants to go, and they know the strategy outlined to get there. And then, of course, they have awareness of the financial goals that they or the organization have and what your role is going to be moving yourself or the company you work for forward. So she calls this that missing 33% of career access for women. And what's really important to note here is that women are not a part of these conversations, not because they're not capable of understanding their careers or their strategies or financial acumen. It's because this advice or conversations around these topics have not usually been shared with us. I mean, I'll go back to an example I've shared before, but you know, my mother, so just one generation ago, it wasn't possible for her to have a credit card in her name. It wasn't an option in the United States for her to have a credit card in her name when she was 18 years old. So talk about that being just a blink of an eye ago, or if you're listening in and that's been your personal experience too, that financial opportunities have not been the same for women. And that's just in the United States. All over the world, financial conversations or opportunities are entirely varied based on the gender and the rules, rights, and regulations in different countries. And so if you're noticing that, ooh, I wonder if I'm missing some of that 33% here, here are some questions we can ask ourselves. Number one, am I clear on the focus of my career or business right now? Number two, do I know what my strategy or my business's strategy for advancement is? And then number three, what are my financial goals here? (laughs) If you know the answers to all three of these, great. You've passed the litmus test. You're doing really well. And if not, this is where we get to start to create a soft focus. Say soft focus here because first and foremost, we need to acknowledge that this probably isn't your fault. And if you have been feeling frustrated about feeling stuck where you are, whether that's in your career, your health, or your relationships, and you are the kind of woman who listens to the Messy Magnificent podcast, we know that you have a propensity or an inclination towards growth and towards doing well. And so there's a good chance that you just haven't been included in these conversations or had opportunity or access to the kind of information around your career or your strategy or your financial acumen that would support you. And so first things first, you got to let yourself off the hook. (laughs) If anything, I hope you would breathe a sigh of relief in recognizing what many women recognize when we talk about discovering this 33% and realizing, oh, it's not that I'm incapable. It's not that I'm not smart enough. It's not that I don't work hard enough. It's that I haven't known to lean in to these three areas yet. 
And so when we have a soft focus here, when you're aware that you could use more clarity or more direction around your career or your strategy or your finances, these are such significant places. These are such big and important areas that it's easy to feel that overwhelmed that I mentioned playfully at the top of this episode around my professional residency. So rather than getting lost in the rabbit hole of overwhelm and feeling like you have to master each of these three things and every component within them immediately, we find that keeping a soft focus by just picking one thing that would support one area and tending gently but consistently to that is more than enough. So for example, if we needed an idea here, One thing you could do is you could get a copy of Susan's book that I just mentioned in the show notes. I'll put a link to that here. I'm in no way affiliated with Susan. I get no kickback from linking to her work, but that's a great place to start. Or another thing you could do if you're thinking about the money part, you're ready to upgrade your financial acumen. Listen to our popular money episode. It was episode number 13 called Making Money Moves, Upgrading Your Finances and Personal Power. And there we outline very straightforward way to know exactly what your next financial steps are. Or maybe you want to lean into the next item that I promised we would cover today. So if the foundational awareness for sustaining growth is that we need to tap into that 33%, which is clarity around our careers, our strategy, and our financial awareness. We also want to make sure that you're not expecting all of this to fall on your own shoulders. Odds are you already have plenty on your plate. So let's talk about one specific factor to make sure that once you know about this 33%, that you have the support and access to the resources you need to do well. Ready? We call it knowledge sharing. This phrase comes to us from Sheila Haverson. She's over at the Harvest Revenue Group. She's had over 20 years of experience in the post-audit industry. So she does a lot of third-party auditing for big retailers that you know, retailers like Walmart or Target and Rite Aid. So big stores with complex financial systems. And what she is aware of is that, quote, collaboration increases knowledge sharing. Having a teamwork environment will encourage others to share their success and their ideas. There is room for everyone to be successful at a company, end quote. And that came to us from an article recently in Forbes. I'll put a link to that entire article in case you're interested in that, wherever you're listening here in the show notes. But what Susan is alluding to here is this idea that we need to have free flow exchange of ideas and honest, open conversation. This is entirely in alignment with a network scientist, Ron Burt, when he published the number one predictor of career success, which was being part of an open network, meaning being in pods or pockets or small circles of people that are also open to other groups of people. So it's not just about you being the center and having to network with a ton of people. And if you are like me and you are lean towards the introverted side of the spectrum, you might be thrilled to hear that news, that it's not about being the most connected or the most extroverted person in a room or in a networking community. Rather, it's about being closely connected to a small group of people who are also connected to other people. So what could this look like when I talk about being part of a small group of people who's connected to other people? I'd love for you to consider, are you interacting with people who are open about their experience and their expertise and the information they have access to? 
This could be as simple as a coworker being able to say, hey, I'm stuck on this Excel doc. I can't get this one field to fill in correctly. Any luck? Have you ever had any experience with this? Can you help out? Right? Something as small and simple as that or something much larger, which might look like, hey, my business is growing. I'm switching from having five employees. I'm ready to hire a six, but I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking for. And reaching out to somebody who's done that before, who's had some experience there. Or another example of this is if you've read an article that's fascinating to you, that gave you an idea, have you sent the author an email to ask if you can chat? Or if a speaker came into your work or into your Zoom room and you liked what they had to say, did you ever walk over to them and thank them and follow up with a question or send them a direct message online? So what we're looking for here is who is within your purview that you could connect with to create a small network so that you can have exchange of ideas. So there's an influx of support going both directions. And this could be people you already know. So pause and take a beat on that. Are there people that you know that like to move and shake or try new or interesting things? And if so, have you scheduled a touch point with them in the near future? Are you, do you have a date to have dinner with them or tea or a phone call? If not, that might be the place to go. And perhaps if you want to take this concept of the missing 33% into account here, then this might be a really good time to think, okay, is there a person that I know or can I keep my eyes and ears open to a resource created a person that speaks specifically about my career or about creating strategy or around my finances so that I can connect with that body of work and with that person? So these are authors, teachers, speakers, presenters that inspire and enliven you. So a quick recap on what we covered today, two main things. The first is that foundational pillar, that 33%, which is awareness around your career or business, either your or your business strategy, or your and your business's financial understanding, your financial goals and acumen. And then what makes that so much easier is being connected to other people who have similar interests in those things, or who already have knowledge or expertise. I know that a lot of us operate from a mentality that if we want to get something right, we've got to do it ourselves. And yes, there are times for that. (laughs) There are also times for asking for help or being in relationships where we are mutually met, where an exchange of ideas flows freely from one party to another so that we don't have to do all the digging in the muck ourselves we've got somebody else with a shovel by our side, ready to help us figure things out. Consider this all a very gentle, candid, informal prelude to what is going to be an entire month of us together, making sure that you have the allies and the support to get from where you are to the next place you want to go. While this is always important, especially right now during this moment of COVID where women are disproportionately affected around the world in our careers as a result of this disease, I want to make sure that you've got everything you need to keep doing well in your career in your back pocket. So here's how we're going to do that. I want to hear from you. What is one thought or idea that you've either heard me say today, or perhaps it's bubbling up within you that's standing out from this conversation? Take that on over to iTunes and leave a review with it so I can give you a shout out on an upcoming episode or tag me in a screenshot with a comment about this on Instagram or LinkedIn. 
and we'll keep the conversation going. Because as you've probably picked up on, I am all about the idea of knowledge sharing. We really do rise well together. And the sooner we can get over the myth that expressing vulnerability around not having everything we need, not only is that not a weakness, but it's the strength that allows us to get the support we actually need to follow through on our dreams and goals, the better. Remember, you, like all women, thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including tending to the resources you need to sustain what is good in your career and beyond. And I'll see you again next week as we go even deeper into how to find the specific allies that will support your best work and living. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.